Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. <laughs> Little Deuce Coop? Why are they playing Little Deuce Coop? Because he's singing it in the movie. Oh, yeah. Tonight on a late night fright, it's the 2005 Steven Spielberg alien disaster epic starring Maverick. You mean Tom Cruise. Starring Jerry Maguire. Tom Cruise. Starring Les Grossman. You mean Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds. Can you dig it? I can dig it. Take it away, Boris. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my very alien invader co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, I'm pretty excited. Are you now? I am. Do you want to know why I'm excited? I do want to know. Because tonight we're going to be talking about one of my favorite documentaries, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, a movie that chronicles Tom Cruise's survival of the 2005 alien invasion of Earth. And Faith, how fortunate that there was a camera crew following him to document his exploits. Right? We're so lucky. This is my favorite documentary of all time. Mine too. Mine too. It is a documentary, isn't it? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Because <laughs> Tom Cruise is magical. I know. He could, he could survive this. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> we are kidding, of course. We are talking about the 2005 movie War of the Worlds. Faith, this was one of your picks. It was. It was. Would you like to let us know, and myself included in this number, why you picked this movie? I don't know. I've only seen it a handful of times and it had been a few years and some part of me just really wanted to watch this and I figure we might as well do it on here, right? <laughs> well, some part of me was very glad that you picked this because I hadn't seen this in a long time and it was nice to revisit this movie. It's always nice to revisit a, a Spielberg movie, especially, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's okay. Right, yeah. He's okay. He's all right. You know, I've always thought he was going to be done at some time, but he's, he's still <laughs> going. This yeah this this one is good and if you're new to the show welcome first off welcome and welcome to all of our listeners from around the world we appreciate each and every single one of you we certainly appreciate you tuning in and checking out our little show thank you for spending a little time with us because we know you have a lot of options with your time um, what we like to do here is faith let's help me break it down we do some slasher films mm-hmm. we do classic Universal monsters. Yes. We do science fiction every now and then, yes. and this kind of falls under the monster and science fiction category, yes. so kind of a twofer, isn't it? Yeah, you can call it that, yeah. Yeah, that's what she said. It's <laughs> <laughs> my joke. We do that on the show, too. So let's give a little history of this movie, War of the Worlds. The release date was June 29th, 2005. 
It was directed by some guy, Spielbergo. Hmm, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Hmm. But uh, judging on this movie, if he applies himself, he might really turn his life around and become something. Right. It was written by Joshua Friedman and David Kep from a novel by H.G. Wells. The music was by some guy, some guy, John Williams. Don't think I've heard of never him. Never heard of him. Mm-mm. What was that? What was that? <laughs> I that? think there's a monster or something. It must be the aliens. <laughs> it stars Tom Cruise as Ray Farrier, Dakota Fanning as Rachel Farrier. Justin Chatwin as Robbie Ferrier. A lot of Ferriers in this movie. Uh-huh. Miranda Otto as Marianne Ferrier. Imagine that. <laughs> Tim Robbins as Harlan Ogilvie. And it features narration. Here's another one. Just some guy. Morgan Freeman. Hmm. You ever heard of him? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really ring any bells. Yeah. Nice voice, though. Yeah. Very nice voice. I like to narrate the movie. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. Morgan Freeman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. There it was. The budget for this was $132 million. The box office was $234 million. Adjusted for inflation is $329 million. I believe it was the fifth biggest movie of 2005. And this movie is the infamous movie that Tom Cruise was on the Oprah Winfrey show when he jumped her couch and proclaimed his love for Katie Holmes. And all of us went, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> this... <clears throat> this starts the crazy Tom Cruise phase. This this movie started, and you know, he came out of it recently. You know, like I mean, every, it is a documentary. So I mean, that's look true. What, it look is what it happened. Is documentary. Look what happened life. to him. I guess that explains some of the crazy behavior. But uh, this starts the crazy Tom Cruise period, and uh, you know, he came out of it. Everybody started to realize how much they love him again recently, and right. I love him. I, I love too. I love TC. I, I like I like the I Tom think Cruise. Uh, a little bit of trivia about this movie. Gene Barry and Anne Robinson, the stars of the 1953 War of the Worlds film, appear here as Miranda Otto's parents. You see them right at the very end of the movie. Now, we're going to get into this movie a little deeper after the break. But before we go to the break, Faith, what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie? Oh, gosh. That's hard. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, I don't know. God. My favorite movie of his oh, is Top Gun. I knew you were saying But that. my favorite performance of his Tropic is Thunder. as Les Grossman <laughs> in Tropic Thunder. Faith is so excited about I'm, that performance I'm that she just hit the microphone. The there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Like Les Grossman, if you do that again, I will unleash an ungodly rain of fire okay, upon you. Okay, I will you. keep my hands and feet there to you myself. <laughs> well, we are going to take a very short break, but when we get back, we're going to get into 2005's War of the Worlds. I am Dan, and, and we will see you on the other side. This is the last question. Who is this? First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! And I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Is anybody hurt? A nutless monkey can do the job. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Dan. 
And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And as we said, we're going to be talking about War of the Worlds from 2005. Faith, I like this movie. I like this movie, I like it a lot. War of the Worlds is based on the novel by H.G. Wells that was published in 1898. H.G. Wells was an English author who is considered to be one of the fathers of science fiction, along with Jules Verne. Some of his other notable works are 1895's The Time Machine, 1896's The Island of Dr. Moreau, and 1897's The Invisible Man, which was adapted into a 1931 Universal film by our old pal James Whale that we'll be covering on the show at some point. And James Whale is the director of The Old Dark House and Frankenstein. And Faith, both of those episodes are available wherever podcasts are found. That was a shameless plug. And I'm not ashamed of it. Nope, not, with not one ashamed bit. of it. The back catalog. I think the back catalog is fantastic mm-hmm. that we have. You should you should all listen to the back catalog and tell 500 of your closest personal friends, or a thousand, or, or a thousand. Well, we're, <laughs> we're humble people here. We're not we're not going to overshoot it. Um, this book has been adapted numerous times. Most famously as a 1953 film that scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. I will tell you that story in just a second. And a 1938 radio broadcast concocted by Orson Welles that sparked a panic as listeners thought that it was real. Although the magnitude of that panic has been disputed in recent years. There was a panic. It just wasn't nationwide as people like to make it out to be. (laughs) And the biggest difference between the novel and this film, well, there are certainly big differences, but it's Martians in the original novel. In this one, they never say where they're from. So... Uh, would you like me to tell a story about getting scared by this movie when I was a kid? So my uncle, who I've mentioned on this show before, uh, really introduced me to horror movies and sci-fi. He showed me that movie years ago, and the look of the aliens in the movie when they're fighting them, the ships, it looks like this power thing on a pole outside of his house. And when I walked outside to walk back down to my house, I saw this thing and it looked exactly like the Martian ship and it just scared me. And I don't know if I've ever run as fast as I have (laughs) before. So I have a very fond memory of this movie um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, Steven Spielberg needs no introduction. He is the director of such films as Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., the Indiana Jones series, and the list goes on and on. And I just want to make a note here that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that's an episode that's available wherever podcasts are found, right, Faith? That is absolutely right. Shameless. I'm a little ashamed of that one. (laughs) Uh, This is his third alien picture and is unique because in the previous two, Close Encounters and E.T., the alien contact is presented as benevolent. Not so much the case here, is it? No. So, Faith, 
What do you think of War of the Worlds? I love this movie. It's uh, it's a very uh, I don't know. It's very exciting. It's I like the way that the story's told. That we uh, we really don't know who we know where these things come from, who they are, but all of a sudden, you know, they just, <laughs> just appear. They just appear, and it starts. And they've been right watching off. us for a long time. Yeah, and then right. chaos just, you know. Right, it really ensues, doesn't it? Yeah, there you go. I mean... Um, I like this because the original novel, which I read a long time ago in high school, really addressed uh, British colonialism and imperialism, and the 50s movie was about the Cold War. This one is about 9-11, because Mm -hmm. this one came out four years after 9-11, and they even have the line in there, you know, is it the terrorist? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting part of this in the way that... The story is told, you see it through mirrors and you see it through windows and you see it through uh, camcorders that seem, you know, and you see people running. You're not with people that are in on fighting these aliens. You're with people just trying to survive. Um, I don't want to get too far into this. 9-11, how old were you when 9-11 happened? Oh, God. I can't remember. I don't even know how old I am right now. I'm just Uh, what was that? 2001? Mm-hmm. Uh, my brain is so dead. What, eight? What are you about, seven or eight? No. I, was, uh, I was 22 at the time. And seeing this, it really reminded me of that. You mm-hmm. just saw people running, you know, yeah. those, those, those homemade videos that came out. And, you know, it was very, that was an experience unlike anything, you know, that I've ever seen in my right. life on, on television happening playing out on television that way it was something so you know yeah this feels like an answer to 9-11 and uh i think the movie is better for it you know because great science fiction as we say you know doesn't happen in a vacuum it always addresses the times that it takes place in i also want to say this now we've mentioned this on the show we live in baton rouge louisiana and in 2016 we had a huge flood that really didn't get a lot of press coverage because it didn't have a name they call it the thousand years flood and this thing, it just started raining and raining, and we just got record, this record rainfall and mm-hmm. flooding and all this. I got five and a half feet in my house. How much did you get? I think it was about four. Four? Four and a half. Did yeah. you have flashbacks of that during this, um, eh, the first bit. hour of this movie? I think just the whole thing of not knowing what was going on. Right. Not having an answer for yeah, it. Yeah, so. unprepared and right. the mystery of it. You know? <laughs> right, right. That was definitely the here. survival element, you know, trying to figure out if, you know what you need to do to, if you need to get out or, you know, stuff like that. Exactly. Um, so like I said, this, uh, I think this really addresses the nine 11 issue. And, uh, that's why I don't see this so much as a remake as it is like a retelling reimagining of this, which has worked so well for this. And the beats of the novel are here in the book. So we'll get in some more of that in just a second. Uh, do you see the themes here of symbiotic relationships and connectedness in this? Because they make a point of, showing that you know with the cells in the beginning that it opens up on the cells that come into the plant and you see the earth and you see the universe and uh do you see those themes kind of playing out here yes what do you what do you think of them i think they're i mean i get it yeah i think it's perfect for the family story that's going on right um I do think they make a little more out of it than they need to, right. just a bit. This isn't George Lucas and the Phantom Menace, where <laughs> you know that is a big point in right. that. But no, I get it. Right, I get it. So the star of this movie, Faith, go ahead, say his name. 
Tom Cruise. Don't you mean TC? Well, the one and only Tom Cruise is who I really mean. There you go. He was born July 3rd, 1962 in Syracuse, New York. He is one of the most successful box office stars of all time. He's been a movie star for 30 years now, over 30. Can you believe that? It's crazy. And I would say he's one of the last remaining movie stars, a guy that can really open a picture just on his name. Um we already talked about our favorite movies and performances by him. I think you're still looking for years, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of his There's stuff. a lot, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm unashamed to say that I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. I know I'm, you I'm a fan of him. <laughs> uh, what do you think of him here in this movie? Because I think this one's a little different for him. I like him. I think he's uh, he's got this roller coaster of emotions and confidence. and I don't know. I get, I get that level of i mean one second you know he's kind of calm cool and collected the next minute he's throwing peanut butter sandwiches at the window so (laughs) you know right i get that i i like him here playing the everyman i like the way that the whole story as you said kind of plays out Mm -hmm. we're not hanging out with military people or with scientists we're really kind of on the ground i say kind of we are on the ground the entire time (laughs) And we're learning things as Cruz and his family learn them, and it just adds to the suspense of this all. And also what adds to the suspense is he plays nervous anxiety under the surface, I think, better than anybody I've ever seen. He was really selling me on the nervous energy of his character, especially in that first hour. Yeah. And I think that first hour of this movie is pretty damn perfect. Uh, A lot of people agree with me on that. And we're going to talk about uh, the end of the movie as we get to it, but... One of the themes of this movie is that those who keep their eyes open make it. And you see that a lot with these characters. They see things that other people don't see. Uh, we see a lot of the movie play out through the eyes of Dakota Fanning, who plays TC's daughter. What did you think of her here? Because she's really the second lead in this. And what do you think of his kids? I have a sub-question on top of this. Is she too smart? Right. Oh, well, I'll start with... Uh her in general. I enjoyed her. I think I felt I felt a lot of fear from her. I felt fear, complete defeat through her eyes at moments, you know. Um, I, I love that we get to see through her perspective as just a kid. You know, I mean, sometimes the kids are not as important roles and you don't get to see what they're feeling. And I think that that was a good choice to, you know, make us see how she's reacting to these things. And um, yeah, the kids are brats, especially the <laughs> The sun. Oh, my God. I, her eyes are amazing. Yes. Anytime he went to a close-up on her eyes, it sold me. Yes. I got annoyed with her pretty early in the movie. I feel like she's too smart for her age. She is, but I feel like that's how she is in everything I've seen her in. Right. I feel like she's always kind of Even on the Friends mat- episode. Yeah, overly mature and overly smart in every role. What's that movie with... Uh, Brittany Murphy, um, Uptown Girls, is that what it's called, or no? Um, yeah, Uptown Girls. Yeah, I feel like she's like that in that movie too. She's always, you know, yeah, too smart. So I, yeah, I think she's and not. I don't mean like too smart. Like I mean, I just felt like you know she was like an adult, exactly. You know, exactly. and then having the panic attacks and things like that, and that's fine because it adds tension to this. But um, it was a little. Yeah, I much. felt that the kids were brats. I felt like he was Especially doing his son. best. The son, yeah. We're going to get into that because that's one of the main criticisms of the movie. But 
you know, and I get it. I get you. You know, your your parents are divorced. But I get it. But God, I mean, if, if I had kids and they, they spoke couldn't... to me like that, they probably wouldn't see like sunlight for <laughs> a good while. <laughs> you know, because there was a line in Infinity War when Bruce Banner tells Tony Stark, he says, "Tony, it doesn't matter who you're not talking to right now. Like something bad's getting ready to happen. Call Steve Rogers." Right. They couldn't put aside their differences in the wake of the apocalypse. You know, know. <laughs> it, it was that really grated on my nerves. That's one of my main criticisms of the movie mm-hmm. is is the kids. Yeah. Um, not their performances. They're doing what they were given to do. It's just right. I didn't like the way that they were written. written exactly. I didn't like that one bit. It, if it was just for one part of the movie, but it was throughout the entire movie. Know. You know, you're disrespecting this man who is doing his best to keep you alive yeah exactly you know? I mean, exactly. You know? I mean, when she was like i want to go to mom's i want to it's like you know this is what you have right now deal with it <laughs> you know what i mean and there he's, was he's trying his best right and there was a thing too where i felt like she got so hysterical at one point that if they had slapped her mm-hmm. it would have been completely justified mm-hmm. um no i get that <laughs> so well we were talking we've been skirting around it. one of the main criticisms of the movie is that it's a lot of really great scenes that don't add up to a whole. So let's talk about what I think is the best scene in the movie, the street scene mm-hmm. where we first encounter the tripod. What did you think of that? Because I think that is the best scene in this movie. And I think it's one of the best that Spielberg has done because at that point you're with the director of jaws again, yes. you're with that Spielberg who can do horror pretty yeah. damn well. It was we seen with temple yeah. of doom and some, a few other movies, but really this is a great horrifying scene. What do you think of it? Oh yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, I mean that, that moment right there is pretty terrifying. It just sucks you in. And then that noise that it makes is like spine tingling. <laughs> that didgeridoo oh, sound God. that it makes. Oh my God. And for me, I have it here in my notes. Um, the sound design, the way the music is yes. used and not used, uh, the war cry of the tripod, the silence before the carnage, the steam coming out of the tripod and then the actual carnage. Like, just, it was amazing. I know. Absolutely amazing. Um, and a special shout-out to John Williams for the use of the women's chorus during that scene. Did you hear the the female voices? When people would get shot, he did this glissando, and it'd be like, Rah! and it's like the only human element, mm-hmm. like, in that scene. Like, it's v- very effective. Uh, what did you think of the score here, John Williams? It, it wasn't too prevalent for me. No, it it wasn't my favorite. But. I thought the theme was very nice. I thought the uh, little churning theme for the tripods was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, any other favorite scenes in the film? I like where the, I'm going to call it the snake tube, <laughs> comes into the basement searching for them. I like that scene. It's very, uh, there's a lot of tension in that little scene. I like that. I like the bodies floating down the river. I yes. Think that was pretty cool. Yes. I like the van scene. The one take in the van scene yeah. when they're driving down the interstate. Uh, the ferry scene is yes. great. My favorite shot in the movie is when you see the tripods in the distance when they get to the other side of the Hudson and just waylaying people and it's in the distance and it's just, I think it's an amazing shot. Uh, so there's several criticisms of the movie and we're going to talk about three of them. A lot of people say the first hour is magnificent and it is, but the problems they have are with the Robbie character going off with the military uh, the whole Tim Robbins scene, which they say slows the movie down, and then the ending with the bacteria and with Miranda Otto's family still being alive, as well as Robbie coming back. So let's go through them one by one. Robbie going off with the military. What do you think of that? I didn't like it. I didn't like. I don't know. You've come this far, 
and just to run off. I don't know, you know. I didn't like it one bit either. Uh, David kept the writer says he was thinking of kids who grew up on the uh, Gaza Strip throwing rocks and bottles, you know, at soldiers and things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wanted some payback. And I understand that aspect of it. But it felt to me like it came out of completely left field. I need to see this. I need to see, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, it's it was like, just odd. I don't know. It, it, it felt forced. It did. It felt forced. Uh, the Tim Robbins scene, they, they don't like his presence in the movie. What do you think of Tim Robbins here? I liked him in it. I mean, it, it was a little slow, but I mean, I didn't hate it. I felt the movie needed to slow down a little at that just point, a, though. Take but a it, little breather. <laughs> but it also showed just how crazy we are, you know, how different people react to situations. Yeah. And I thought he did he did a fine job. I thought he felt nutty very nah, I well. I thought he was great. Yeah. And it was a little reunion because he is in Top Gun with TC. He plays Merlin to Tom Cruise's Maverick. No word on whether or not he's in the sequel. Um, finally, the bacteria and the ending with the family. What do you think of that? Outside of the Robbie bit. Uh, well, the Robbie bit's where I was going <laughs> to... I thought they should have killed Robbie off. I thought he should have died in that in that horrible military <laughs> incursion into alien so territory. <laughs> well, what I was going to say about the Robbie thing is if you're going to just head home to your family, why didn't you just take the rest of them with you? Right. Well, I mean... Right. You end up there. Why not just, like, say, you know, right. follow me and wherever I'm heading. I'm just... Yeah. What did you think about uh, the, the house not being destroyed? Did that... It was weird. That's in the novel. That comes directly from the novel. That street that she lived on, like, it didn't get destroyed. So what about the bacteria that destroy the alien tribe, the aliens themselves? I I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. It's different. I mean, I think it shows that, you know, they're not as maybe as mortal as, you know, as we are. So I don't know. I'm on the fence with that. What do you think? I think it's fine. It comes out of the it novel. It doesn't so bother I'm, me, yeah. but it also isn't yeah. like, oh, that's really cool. You know, it's just like, yeah. okay, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, I agree, though. The first hour is really great. Uh, is. I do feel like it kind of falls off a little bit in the second hour. but yeah. It's still, still a good movie overall. I still really like it. What did you think about the look of this movie? Because there's a real white look to it, the, the washed out bright yeah. look. Uh, another thing that's caught some criticisms. Uh, what did you think of, of that look? It, it did bother me. Didn't bother me at all no, either. Kind of gave it a retro vintage look almost yeah. to me. Another thing I like too. Uh, I like the way that light was played with too. Were dark scenes and there were some nice lights, different uh, colors and stuff that popped up in the darkness. You know, like when they yeah. were in the basement and it was pitch dark and then those lights would shine through. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, really, really well done. The movie's really well done. You have the best people in the industry working on these things because it's Steven Spielberg. And I I think it's a great movie. It's a a popcorn movie. Uh, There are some scary moments, though. That that whole street scene is just terrifying. And um, I'd like to know if Amy Ryan made it out. Did you you see Amy (laughs) Ryan in the movie? I did, I did. Playing Tom Cruise's neighbor, yeah. It's, uh, like I said, it's really, it's really great. I would recommend it as a watch. I would, too. Yeah. It's a good disaster flick. It's it's on the upper end of disaster flicks. Where do you rank this in Spielberg's uh, canon? Uh, my friend Kate asked me this. He goes, where do you rank it? He hadn't seen this in a while either. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know if it'd be my top ten. I would put it in the bottom third, and that's just because he has so much good stuff exactly. ahead of it. I, I don't think it's a bad 
movie. No, it's very out of character for him to do this right. kind of movie, but he did it really well. And I, felt, I mean, I enjoy the movie, but if you're yeah, going to compare it to other pieces Raiders, of work of his, Temple I mean, of Doom, yeah, Jaws, yeah, right, Jaws. E. I mean, yeah, there's so much other stuff that you know that I would you know put before it. Do you have any other favorite things? The pools of blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pools of blood. Good. Um, oh, the I, clothes. The clothes. I, was, I like the way it zaps yeah. the people and they just like disintegrate and their clothes are just hitting the ground. <laughs> right. And they use that to great effect to uh, bookend, to add like cherries onto the scenes. Like they come yes. down out the sky when they're on the Hudson, on the other side of the Hudson. Um, I really like Tom Cruise here. I like I what he's too. doing. Um, the scene with the peanut butter that you mentioned, when he throws the peanut butter against the window. I was really watching what he was doing and the way that he was playing that nervous energy, you know, oh, you want, you want that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, he's been holding that in for the entire exactly. time. And That's why I said, I feel like he has a roller coaster of these emotions and his confidence changes. Cause you know, he seems like, okay, we're going to get out, let's pack some food. And then it's like, he loses it. And that seems realistic, right, you know? Right. I like the scene where they take his uh, van mm-hmm. where they take the van because it just goes to preview that society is held together by silly string and, and good intentions. Yeah. Kind of remind me of The Walking Dead, Yeah, that scene. Exactly. Or I should say The Walking Dead reminds me of this. Yes. Uh, the way that you know, our, our not-so-better natures come out in times like that. So, uh, like I said, I think the movie's great. It's just, and I do agree with people that the second hour is different from the first hour. And it's so just trucking for that first hour. But I still just don't like the kids. No, I don't, <laughs> I'm with you. Don't like the kids. Like I said, if they were mine, they wouldn't. I don't think they'd, you know, be going outside for a little while. <laughs> right. And people forget how big Dakota Fanning was at this time. I mean, she was huge. She I was know. a huge star. Yeah. She's still around, isn't she? I'm pretty sure. Her sister is for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, really L, yeah. I believe. I don't so. keep up with them too often, but so. I think they're around. As far as the uh, sci fi movies go, this and alien movies, it's, it's just okay. It's yeah, I mean, okay. I've always I, I like disaster type movies. I think it, you know, it's a pretty good one for me. I enjoy it. It's a pretty good one for me too. Good. Do you have anything else to add about War of the World, Steven Spielberg, or Tom Cruise? I think that's all. What about you? Tom Cruise is awesome. <laughs> of course, it's my favorite documentary. <laughs> he did all of this, people. This is all real. This is all really him. <laughs> he probably really survived. <laughs> he did. He knows they're coming. He knows when they're coming. He knows about Xenu and, and Elrond and all that. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, I'm going to stick with him when they come. So, <laughs> right. Well, on that note, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side.